Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices, basically gone underground, so that we can stay employed because our bosses would never allow us to bring you our candid, unfiltered, unvarnished views Unrequited. on stocks. I'm no, sorry, you, not no, that. You I'm didn't sorry. even pronounce it right. If you're going to add something new, you need to get up earlier in the morning. Okay, know. Val? Every week we get together, as our regular listeners know, and look for ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey. Uh, but before we talk about what we see in this, week's oppor- in this week's opportunities, we want to remind everybody that we do this for entertainment purposes only. Now think about that. Entertainment purposes only. And we may own all the stocks we're talking about or have other nasty conflicts of interest. May not be entertaining. I don't know if you mentioned Well, we may not be entertaining either. I'm sleepy for one thing this week. Okay, so, I mean, keep in mind that on any given stock, we may not have any idea about uh, what we're talking about. Okay? And uh, because we do this on Fridays after work, there's the risk that we might have uh, had a refreshment while we were doing our preparation for the show. There is that risk. Show. I think it's good noting that. Definitely. If you want to learn more about us, see pictures of us, take a survey, please visit our website at www.thevalueguys.com. There's resumes there. Yeah, you can also. find out everything about us. Uh, in the second half of the show, I'm going to be back with three relatively obscure, I'm sure, but uh, quality value still ideas. Still in value line, though, not that That's obscure. right. Oh, no. In, in the, but in the first half of the show... I'm going to first turn it over to uh, one of the few professionals I really know whose market value is greater than his book value. Wow. Val Hughes. Thank you. That's so touching. Let me just wipe a tear here. Well, I, uh, I, don't, I, I didn't get, get a chance to spend as much time this week on, uh, oh, please. on these stocks as I was hoping to. Mm-hmm. Well, I got caught up in some traffic. And uh, and I you know I don't want to give away anything that would lead to the uncovering of our secret identity. So I almost but we are may... at the cabin this week. Well, we're at the cabin, but I I did have a uh, a graduation event today. So and I don't want to give a lot away, but a relative has graduated from something it's from an institution and, uh, that graduates. And I just want to say humans. congratulations to that uh, that special relative out there. Uh, for graduating, and so that's very exciting. Yeah, well, because I'd of like that, to be that relative. Well, because of that, I didn't have an, you know a lot of time to go through this, and the market's been better. Does this so, relative what? usually listen to the show? You know, who does really? Unless forced, you know, not that many uh, relatives of mine do. They hear me anyway, so you know, I, I don't, and I don't tell them I do the show, so I don't know if they do, but. Um, in any case, I didn't have enough time really to, to spend on the, on these stocks. So it's good that I, uh, well, I own one of them anyway. The other two I've looked at before and I may have talked about before. Uh, but as you know, I'm going to give you three solid value ideas this week and every week, um, whether I know anything about them or not. So uh, first up, and I have talked about this before, Burlington Northern, BNI. What? The world's, not world's, but nation's largest railroad. But wait a minute. Doesn't Warren Buffett own half yeah, of it? Yeah, he owns 22%, but wait a minute. That's 279 If I just keep going to page 285, I see Norfolk Southern. Well, 
what's wrong with Norfolk Southern for some reason? Yeah, but once I get to Burlington Northern, why would I go on? I'll tell you, Norfolk Southern has a, uh, they're a little smaller. Burlington is 32,000 route miles, Norfolk Southern 21,000. Norfolk Southern, obviously, in the east and the south. Burlington is, uh, I guess, pretty much everywhere, but pretty much Midwest to west. They own the old Santa Fe and the Union Pacific and all that, mm-hmm. uh, I think. I may be wrong on that. It's a Western Railroad. But um, Norfolk has had a bitter, a bigger hit, I think, from the uh, slowdown in industrial production because uh, they've got you know, a more dense population in urban areas along the uh, eastern seaboard. Burlington Northern is a big coal carrier. So they've been hurt. Yeah, but they isn't get... Norfolk Southern like ahead of other railroads in deploying more environmentally friendly from an emission standpoint locomotives? Uh, if so you, if Burlington's dependent on for... coal and Norfolk Southern is a green railroad, what? no, there's no green. Then there should be a discount for Burlington. There's no, there's no green railroad. Well, Burlington Northern, um, I think, has just had a run in part because Buffett owned it a year and a half ago, two years ago. We were recommending it, but it's had a, a that's little. That's true. It's had a little bit of a run. Norfolk Southern is down from a high of 76 to 40 today. Burlington from a you know 115 to 75. So it's down what 35 percent. Norfolk down almost 50 percent. And yet, when you look at the stats, Norfolk has a little better operating margin. All these railroads have a great margin in the mid 30s, which says to me, monopoly. Obviously, that's how you get such a big markup on your costs, which turns up in the operating. Yeah, well, they're all survivors, right? So, well, you know, railroads have natural monopolies, um, but now they have advantages over the trucks because of fuel and their service levels have been moving higher. uh, And so they're gaining some share. My big theme on the railroads, and I've been talking about these for many years, is just share gain from trucks. And uh, even with the decline in fuel prices from last summer, you still have a big advantage could be 15 20% in terms of cost per mile of fuel for rail. Well, that would mean trucks have topped out because they've been taking share from railroads right. for 3 decades. Yeah, and you go 3 well longer than that since no. the invention of the truck, if you think about <laughs> well, it, they were okay, gaining but share. I mean in a material way. No, you're way. absolutely right and rail has been getting capital spending, improving service levels, etc. So, I think that uh, at this point it's a valuation call. We had been, you know, recommending Burlington in this issue, Norfolk just turns up cheaper. Uh, they're selling at seven times their enterprise value um, to EBITDA, so that's seven times the price it would cost us to buy the company, the equity, and the debt, pre-tax. less the cash. Pre-tax. But that's equivalent to a yield if I do the inverse. One over seven is something like 14%, and you know the 10-year treasury is at whatever it is, three and a half. So it's a huge premium to own equity. And uh, you probably will get a little growth here. It's some sort of GDP plus the share gain from trucks, you know. And then I guess you got to throw in that imports are gaining a little share, you know, in the long term. And uh, they'll benefit from that. There's a couple of big ports in the south, I think, uh, that will uh, help them gain share from trucks as well. So Norfolk Southern, page 285. Next up. Uh, a restaurant now. Listen, like Charleston and Savannah, or what? Yeah, I just was reading about this, and I somebody's putting a lot of money, and I think it might be Savannah, uh, into you know a nice big uh, a lot deep of that water is port. Just stealing share from the other one. You know, right? it's well, yeah. I think there is a battle there. They're gaining share for the southeast, and yeah. uh, I just forget who. But 
you know, whichever port wins, Norfolk Southern. Well, the is point is, you'd want to check into that before. It, it doesn't you matter. Considered Norfolk an investment. It, neither one of no, these. No, you don't need roads. to check. Just take my word for it. Oh, Just okay. go. Burlington's yeah. a better name. No, it is not. Isn't that the one you picked? No, I'm picking Norfolk. Are you even listening to the no, show? No, I'm not. Good grief, I my friend. You all right, next me. up, CKE Restaurants. Now, listeners, no, right. can I just have a word here sorry, with the ahead. customers? CKE Restaurants um, needs not once is something we've been talking about on the show. And you might say, that seems like a want, not a need. Not at all, ladies and gentlemen. These fast food restaurants provide something, and that is time, cheap meals, and, uh, you know, the argument, he, I guess, for this would be really based on valuation. It's four times gross cash flow, um, nine times earnings, at least forward earnings. The stock is down from 23 to 8. And these guys have the Carl's Jr. chain on the West Coast, Hardee's uh, on the, uh, I guess, Midwest and Southeast, and they got a Mexican store called Taco Bueno. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the restaurant area. In fact, I've recommended Chuck E. Cheese before as a place for babysitting and California Pizza Kitchen as a place for cheap but yet good dates. So, you know, on this one, I, I just was drawn entirely to the valuation. And I think those are decent brands. The stock is down a lot. It looks like you know, it could move to 15 times earnings. Earnings could be better than you expect. They put up a 20% return on equity, so they're doing something right. Uh, their debt situation is, you know, not great. I think that's why you get a good deal here. And as the credit uh, crisis, you know, fades, uh, some of the decline here that was just fear will lift. And I think the stock could be, a, you know, some kind of double uh, just to get back to normal trading. So that's the entire reason I was attracted to it. I do a little more homework on that um, than I've done. I just didn't have a chance to do a lot. So what do you think of that, Vern? I'm sorry. Did I scare you away? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, I'm uh, sorry. I was I contemplating just was trying my to, end of the yeah, show okay, there for a moment. I was just trying to. Uh, and then last up this week, I have um, one I have talked about before, C.B. Richard Ellis ticker cbg we have massive Page vacancies three, two, in commercial four. real estate i know why do you want Listen, to recommend this why here? do i want to recommend it well here's my here's my theme uh basically commercial property needs are going to ultimately be based on the square footage per person that you need to operate your business i mean there's not a lot of businesses right now that are just giving away a bunch of free space to people to put golf you know, putting greens. And it's, just, it's based on a need to be product productive or what have you. So there has been an employment decline, and I think that uh, that's reflected in some of the declines here. There was also a complete collapse in industrial production in the fourth quarter where, I mean, when you go look at the numbers, it was just no one did anything for 60 days, and it was a tremendous decline. And the same thing happened in, you know, willingness to, to write leases. So even in the last quarter, you probably have a complete month that was just gone, so your year-over-year comparisons are going to be down 33% because nobody did anything for a month. But now they're doing stuff. 
things have gotten a bit more normal, so at least you can draw out the curves and say, ah, a recession, one I've recognized. It's not the abyss. So going forward, you probably have another six months of difficult comparisons. Employment always lags uh, recovery in GDP and industrial production, so that's going to work its way through. But at least it starts to become predictable. And these guys are going to undoubtedly gain share during this period. In fact, uh, the thing that struck me about it, uh, Vern, was that they've continued to make money. They're going to put up about a buck in cash flow this year. The stock's eight. Their capital spending is 15 cents. So it's a 10 times some Why kind would they of have cash any? flow. What? Why would they have any capital spending? Oh, computers. Maybe. Well, I guess so. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they pay the build-out in some properties or what have you. But it's still – and then next year, and this is a value line uh, analyst who's – he's scared. I mean, he's, his first paragraph talks about the global economic crisis and the financial downturn. I'm thinking that's in the stock at this point. The high was 43. It's at 8. Well, something's in the stock. You don't know it's if at it's eight. A, is it too much or too well, little. Well, I'm just struck by their margin has not dipped below uh, 10%. They're putting up an 11% operating margin this year, estimated at 14 What happens to year. revenue when vacancies are climbing? Because next year there's going to be a massive acceleration. Well, there's a 25% decline in revenues built into this year, and operating margin is down 2%. So obviously they have an enormous amount of variable cost when, uh, when people stop paying uh, or stop, you know, filling space. They can cut headcount, the, the people that were related to the management of that property. So I think that um, they're showing here that they're just weathering the storm. Now, Value Line doesn't go back through the last recession, so I don't actually see, and maybe they weren't public at that time, but I don't see... It says right here. It says in 89 they formed this and went public at some point. But okay. I don't have data in the last recession, but there's nowhere on this page that they've lost money. That's what I'm, I guess, really attracted to. Well, and, it's all in a good environment. Well, yeah, but it's not a good environment now. and uh, they're, it's gonna be, But it's going to be worse. This, but this is dated today, so that's in these numbers. There's no secrets out that are worse than what these people are already yeah, expecting okay. in my opinion anyway uh so you take some risk here on this but in my view we're near the bottom of perceptions it's um you know 15 times earnings which isn't super cheap but a well, lot the of that's at eight what, a, what's a lot of time high uh, is that it, say 42? 43 a year oh, or so my goodness. ago and on a revenue per share basis because that's what you can really anchor on here their peak revenue per share is 29 uh, and at that year, the stock sold at 43. This year, it's 19. So it is down, but not down 80%. So Richard Ellis, ticker CBG, page 324. And with that, Vern, I'm going to turn the show and all that A that beverage break? You know, I don't need a beverage here. break. I've been, I, um, I, got, I had a beverage while you were uh, talking. I left work early today to attend an event and... Uh, yeah, you know, I'm. You I'm, said a graduation yeah, event. I'm a little sleepy at this point. I'll just say. Okay. And I may have been refreshed. Uh, well, that's good. The that's great news. Yeah, thank you. So there's three good ideas. I'm just going to nap now. Why don't you get get on with you know? Yeah, I've heard you talk show. about CB Richard Ellis before, and yeah. So, so what? Yeah. You've heard me talk about it again now. It's even more compelling now, Vern. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. I just said, it, it's com isn't it commercial real estate management? 
Well, here's the it's thesis. It's just a boring business. It's not, what? It's an annuity. How do I develop it's any an passion for that? By liking annuities and oligopolies. Okay. Annuities That's and all. oligopolies. Okay. Yeah. And pricing power and, you know, a, a, a mid-teens operating margin. Power? Their margin never really goes no, down. No, that's a lot. right. You said it didn't change. It's much. just cost plus. That's the beauty. Assuming of value it. lines forecasts are reasonable. Well, I'm just assuming they're average. Well, they're of course, market. we have to. Yeah, consensus. I don't know. Yeah. Shall I go now? Whenever you want. I'm just okay, answering I'm, your I'm questions. Ready. I. I've just been answering your questions. Okay. Bro. Well, I've got um, three. I think relatively obscure names to talk about. Yeah, I mean, you never really know about the audience and, you know, what they know and what they don't. But um, now one of these I've talked about before, it's the leadoff name for me, Harsco. That's H-A-R-S-C-O is the name of the company, but it's Harsco Corp. It's not Har's Company or something like that. The symbol is HSC, and um, I like this because they've been consolidating a couple areas where there there isn't much competition and uh, and it's a real uh, because of that it's a real clean play on industrial outsourcing and because they're a first mover in consolidating it that means they should have scale advantages so my thesis is Cominet is industrial outsourcing and they're growing scale within that space on a relative basis uh, compared to competitors and two, that the valuation is simply too low, okay? The valuation here is under six times EBITDA on an enterprise value basis on trough, what ValueLine thinks anyway, or what you would argue is the consensus number for trough less than six times. This is with a forecast for the top line from 2008 to 2009 going down by 15% from almost $4 billion to under 3.2, okay? So they're going to get killed, and it's a lousy valuation on the lousy number that they're going to have. Well, it's not lousy. It's a service business, and that's why I like it, because it's not going to be as cyclical as, say, a capital goods business, because they're taking care of the installed base of capital goods. If you've never heard of Harsco, 40% of their business is taking care of, basically of taking care of steel mills. No one's heard of it. Okay. Um, about 40% of their business is concrete forming and shoring equipment used in construction. And really, you're talking about major buildings or major infrastructure. And then the other 20% of their business is a variety of um, what they call minerals and rail. It's railway maintenance equipment. And they make roofing granules. I think that's a small piece of their business. Um, so it's a service business geared on steel production, uh, large infrastructure construction, and railway maintenance. Okay. Now, I think that there's going to be more and more money directed at railway maintenance because we have a huge installed base. I think there's going to be incremental share of GDP accounted for by infrastructure. And I think that the bad news in the steel industry uh, may not be completely in the stock, may not be completely known. We were just talking about that in regards with uh, Richard Ellis and the commercial real estate I don't business. recall that, Vern. Well, just the idea of 
Do you have everything known in the stock? Well, the market may not anticipate how bad. Maybe things are going to be worse than the market anticipates right now. But with all of that in it, Value Line has earnings going down by about a third. They have cash flow per share down by a roughly equivalent amount. Um, they show the company cutting capital spending. Get this from five seventy a share. So what is that? Four hundred and fifty million dollars to one hundred and fifty million dollars. Sounds pretty discretionary in terms of managing your cash flow. Balance sheet has a billion dollars of debt, but it's only forty percent of total capital. The market cap, believe it or not, you may not have heard of this company, is two and a half billion dollars. So I have two and a half billion dollars of equity. At market, I had a billion dollars of debt, three and a half billion. I have about six hundred million dollars of, according to Value Line, trough EBITDA. The return on capital here over a long period of time has been moving up from more like nine to twelve-ish kind of percent. Going to slip back down again right now. That's why the stock's down, of course. Stock trading around thirty-two was twice that for highs each of the last two years. And I think what you know that you can justify a six kind of multiple on peak numbers, but if I'm looking at the normalized performance of the company, this is too low of a valuation. So take a look at Harsco HSC. There are probably details about where they're winning and where they're losing. They have huge declines they've been facing in the steel uh, service business. They've uh, launched major restructuring initiative, supposed to deliver something like $0.80 cents a share in savings, okay? This is with earnings per share going from three twenty dollars to $2, so $0.80 is um, substantial. And we have a lot of money being thrown at global stimulus, if you will. Well, taking care of what you have and fixing it up is a great way to inject money into the economy wherever it is, so... Anyway, Harsco HSC. Now, I have a, a name that I like that is sort of a subset of that. My next stock, American Ecology, the symbol is ECOL. I've never heard of this stock before today. Uh, my thesis here is that they're adding capacity and scale in a niche, if you will, of this service, uh, industrial service business. American Ecology apparently provides radioactive hazardous and industrial waste management services in the U.S., commercial and government, oil refineries, chemical steel mills, uh, DOD, biomedical, and nuclear power. Very small company. Revenue last year was $175 million, forecast by Value Line to go to $135 this year, they talk specifically about <coughs> the pending conclusion of a major contract. But in this event business, they apparently have visibility of a bunch of new contract wins. I never and I'm heard of this. Sort life. of struck by the fact that <coughs> their long-term growth rate of only five percent would have revenue under two hundred million five years out from the one seventy-five they did last year. Now, with revenue and and earnings down a lot this year, margin flat. Apparently, project by project. (coughs) They have a positive mix going on uh, with some of their business mix that Value Line talks about. They have a capacity expansion that they paid for in 2008, and they're paying for in 2009. So I like the opportunity to uh, resume growth here. It's about 10 times this trough number. But it's under eight times on an EBITDA basis 
um, compared to the 08 highs. Uh, there is no debt here, a little bit of cash. They have, their liquidity is fine. Uh, maybe they have to go to the banks. Unknown how that might work out. But here, the, uh, the second piece of my, uh, besides the opportunity to participate in uh, nuclear industry growth and the opportunity they have by leveraging the increased capacity they've been adding in response to good demand growth, um, the value line estimates, I think, for longer-term growth here are simply too low. And so consequently, they're not talking about a bright enough future for American ecology. What do you think about that, Val? That's fascinating, Vern. I've just been over here taking copious Dozing, notes. I believe, would be No, oh, I just, uh, I don't want to interrupt. So Harsco and American Ecology, a couple service businesses. Now, the I'm other just going to service... let you tell the story without interrupting. Well, because the... actually, that story is, it's, it's crap, that whole story you just told. What's crap I'm about just, it? Everything. What isn't? But I'm just sitting back over here. Yeah, just well, thanks for your well-argued counterpoint. I appreciate that. My pleasure. And my actually, pleasure. what I'm talking about to, today, all three of my ideas are service businesses one way or another. Um, because when the economy, uh, the world's balance sheet has taken a major hit, uh, and we don't know what kind of investable capital we can count on uh, over the next two or three years globally, um, I, I'm thinking I have less risk in names that are service businesses because service um, revenue, service initiatives don't tend to get cut as much as capital spending However, in a downturn. However, uh, if they have too much fixed cost um, and their volume falls a lot, they can get whacked, like software companies and that sort of <clears throat> Now, my third name this week is something called Forward Air. The symbol is FWRD. Value Line likes this uh really doesn't like this. They, uh, they've rated a five. Uh, this is a service business. They provide ground transportation to air freight companies. So any company that is promising to ship something for you overnight from uh, Topeka to uh, Lawrence, Kansas, is probably putting it on a truck. They're guaranteeing you next day delivery, but they don't need to put it on an airplane, and that's where forward air comes in. They handle the ground end of it. Long uh, company's been around for a long, long time. Return on capital historically in the mid-teens or higher has been crushed by the economic downturn to single digits. Uh, last economic recession, margins went from 20% to 18. This time they're going from 20 to 10, according to Value Line. So a lot of bad news in a $22 stock price. I like this because it's early cycle. And it takes advantage of, on a long-term basis, rising freight volumes and the scale advantage they have by being, I think, one of the biggest players in this space. They have about a half a billion in revenue. I'm calculating a roughly eight times multiple on uh, normalized earnings. It's higher than that now, of course, because uh, in the short term they're being hurt bad. Uh, they've also made a couple acquisitions. They're investing in some low-margin business right now. I'm not sure what it's all about, but take a look at Forward Air, FWRD. My favorite name this week is going to be Harsco that I led off with, symbol HSC. And you, Val? Uh, my favorite this week is CB Richard Ellis. I think you may have to wait, but this thing uh, can triple, let's face it. So 
That's it. Bye, everyone. Running. Now, for those of you still listening, and I'm sure that's just a handful at this point, I want to revisit something because, um, you know, Vern, a moment ago I, I rudely uh, called your idea crap right here on the air. And so while you were talking about something else that I wasn't paying any attention to, I took a look at it, American Ecology, and I just want to, I want to revise my view because uh, it's not crap. It's not crap. So I was hasty. It's got returns on capital in the 20s. It's got an operating margin in the mid-20s, which says proprietary. It's a little expensive, but that's because they're handling radioactive waste and no one else can do it. So I'm going to guess that they've got a little bit of an edge in that. People don't just switch their radioactive waste provider on a regular basis. And uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, but there's a lot of insider buys oh, recently. Oh, thank you. I completely forgot yeah. that. So A lot of buying with the stock you got price a yield. not far below where it is you got now. got a yield nearly 4%. I completely so, uh, I was I just thrown say, by your crap comment. Well, I want to say, but I said it when you were well done with the idea, so don't blame me for oh. what you did or did not say. But I just want to okay. say Good that I was, you know, I was thrown by, by your... Uh, you know, you're interrupting me earlier, and then I just I felt like I wanted to act out, so I called your idea crap, and I want to just apologize publicly now, and I felt kind of bad about it. I'm sure that's going to end up. But now I'm show. back uh, <laughs> talking about American ecology on page 347, so I like it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye.